threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Well, Cameron, I think today's episode is going to be plum amazing. You're right. I am right. It's going to be. Yeah. How are you, buddy? Good. Yeah? Feeling yeah. good? I think so. Feeling spry? I think so. You th- I may have COVID. Who knows? Everybody uh, We does. all probably do. Everybody I does. found a new bruise on my hand as we started. That was cool. <laughs> Look like I've got leprosy or something over here. It does. It's pretty cool. It does cool. look like you got leprosy. Um, but Cameron, what is it that we're talking about on today's mindless banter? I think we've talked about it before a little bit. Yeah, we've hit on it. We kind of touched on a little, little rub. Ooh. Hello. A little brush. How do you like that? But yeah, um, we're going to go into the details of Plum Island. Yeah. It sounds really weird. It, it is pretty weird. it's still there today, uh-huh. and it's locked down, and it gets sprayed with chemicals all the time. Sounds like just a normal place. <laughs> just a regular, you know, little island you can yeah. visit. Uh-huh. I think you can. That would be kind of cool. To go yeah. to Plum Island. But we'll talk about what the crap this place has okay. in store for I'm all excited. of us Americans. I'm excited. Before we get into it, mm-hmm. prepping requires a ton of thinking, mm. strategizing, mm. planning. There's just a lot of stuff to remember. You got to do so much Water, stuff. Water, food, power, protection, guns, and guns. Two, two, but three. self-reliant medical care is no exception. The Prepper's Medical Handbook by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist, somebody that knows what they're talking about. Yeah. He's an MD. He provides the basis of prevention, identification, and long-term management of survivable medical conditions. It's a really nicely structured book. Mm-hmm. Simple. You don't need to be a brain surgeon to figure it out. And it hits on the points that you're most likely to come across when you're out in the wilderness. Okay. Doing it on your own or with your family. Or friends. Yeah. Even. Yeah, it's a great book, and like if you don't even have your fact put together, yeah, this thing like has a nice little structure in the very back, and um, it's just like easy to read. It's it's a great book, and I think everybody that's a prepper should have this book. I agree. You can get it on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. called the Prepper's Medical Handbook. You... So where does Prepper'sMedicalHandbook.com even take you? I don't know. I can't remember. You should check it out too. Yeah, but then go to Amazon and get the book. Cool. It's worth it. Take it. Love Do it. it. So Cam Plum Island. We hit on this in a episode, and I can't remember what episode it was. Yeah, we were talking Do about. Do you remember? I can't remember either. What, like why we brought it up? Yeah, but um, super interesting island. It's su- it is super interesting. So maybe you could give us a little bit of a history. Yeah, of uh, where it is. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. where <laughs> is it? Um, what it is, and then we'll we'll get into some of the weirdness that surrounds it. Yeah, okay. there is some. Really weird stuff. About yeah. It. So Plum Island is an island in the town of South Holden, Suffolk County, <laughs> New York. All of like this New York stuff. Like yeah. you can never pronounce all like sh- really strange Indian. Like New York City. Yeah. Oh. No, no, I can't oh, say it. Whatever. I can't say it. Never mind. But the island is situated in Gardner's Bay, east of Orient Point, off the eastern end of the North Folk Coast, Fork Coast of Long Island. Yeah. The place is shrouded with mystery. Weird tales. There's a lot of like interesting stuff that happens there that we don't know. Like, yeah, we're gonna go into that. But mm-hmm. like, it's a base. It was a fort, and mm-hmm. it's had military history. Uh, a lot of weird scientific history. It actually um, 
it's gone through the possession of more than 20 families since in in uh since like 18 what was the very beginning of this place? the very beginning of it was, was it 99 well 1659 yeah it was, was like the way back very beginning well the island was there oh it's been there you since gotta Adam. use it you gotta use it yeah but um, mm-hmm. in 1899, the island was purchased in its entirety by the United States government mm-hmm. following the Spanish-American War for $90,000. Okay. That's a good deal. Yeah, I'd, I'd pay it <laughs> for a whole island. And weird enough is it was just recently debated on the sale of it to, you know, yeah, we're some talk rich about that. butthole that would probably be like, hey, I want it all. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, we'll talk about that. So, but, um, and Kobe, Kobe will talk a little bit more about like the, that it was a fort in mm-hmm. 1897 it's kind of a strategic point because, you know, anything that's going to come to the East Coast and especially to like New York and that mm-hmm. dense populated area, they're going to have to go past this little island. You got to get through me. That's what it says. Yeah, Plum Island. Yeah. And um, apparently there's a lot of beach plums and that's why it's called Plum Island. Beach plums? Yeah. It's like a beach bum? Yeah. <laughs> that was what I thought too. <laughs> Don't go down there. Bunch of beach plums. Bunch of damn beach plums Just all laying day. around. Listening to rock rotten, music. Stink. Yeah. But uh, in 1954, plums. the United States Department of Agriculture established Plum Island Animal Disease Center. That, that sounds nice. Piedic. Piedic. I don't know how you say that. Piedic. 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 The center conducts research on animals, pathogens to protect, protect farmers, ranchers, and the national food supply. Sounds like it's a good It effort. sounds like it's doing good things. Yeah, for sure. But um, some dark stuff going on in there. Yeah. How many animals you kill? <laughs> a lot. But yeah, um, Plum Island is owned, like I said, by the United States government right now, currently, but it was taken over or under the control of the Department of Homeland Security because of its potential as a, uh, well, we'll talk about that too. Mm-hmm. It's a potential um, terrorist hotspot. Like, it yeah. costs some bad stuff. Um, and, and we'll go into that. But, anyways. Plum Island, yeah, pretty interesting. They do all kinds of weird experiments on animals to protect mm. animals on the mainland. <laughs> Makes Basically. a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of go like a whole bunch of interesting facts about this Plum Island. Because there's a there's a bunch of weird Beach stuff. plums. Beach plums all day long. So it was originally called Manitowand That's by the Native Americans. Manitowand. Manitowand. Guess what it means? Uh, I don't know. The island to which we go to plant corn. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so bad, eh? And then yeah. you're like, oh, oh that's, that's what they call it. The island to which we go to plant corn. The island that we plant corn. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, the Montauket tribe sold Plum Island to an Englishman in 1659 for a coat and a few tools. <laughs> sounds like it was a yard sale. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's a nice coat. How about you give us that island? I'll give you this coat. This coat and this and I got old a Phillips hammer. screwdriver's yours. <laughs> got this little scythe. How do you like that? Yeah. Uh, take down that corn real quick. <laughs> I think that's what you But we own the corn now, boy. The corn's ours now. <laughs> Man at the wand. Man, so, that's, that's a shady trade there. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like Manhattan bought for like a bunch yeah, of beads or something too. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad trade. That goes down in the history of bad trades right there. You yeah. know? But then there was Fort Terry. Stupid fort name for one. <laughs> fort Terry. Terry yeah, that's Bradshaw would be cool. Being in that, why didn't they give it a, like a cool Indian Yeah. Name? Even like Manitowan, Fort Manitowan yeah, would be right. cool. Gosh. Think fort of the t Yeah. Montauk would be rad. Anyways, 
Fort Terry was built on the island in yeah, 1897. Fort, Fort Jimmy. <laughs> I know. Um, during the Spanish-American War. A lighthouse was built there in 1869. Wow. So you got to have a lighthouse. Just a big plum. Yeah. Spins around. Plum amazing. <laughs> the, the lighthouse faces towards Plum Gut. <laughs> an intimidating inlet to navigate on the North Fork due to its strong currents. Plum gut. Yeah. What do you name it like plum pit? I don't know. Plum gut. I, I think gut is some sort of a, a It's like a, a sound almost. Yeah, something like some that. Some kind of waterway. It is a sound. My guts make a lot of sound, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, like, I mean like the Puget sound, <laughs> yeah, you know, like something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah I'm not gut. a water person. So yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand water. I know lakes, I know rivers. I'm going to look that up now. What does a gut yeah. mean? What is a gut? Water gut. <laughs> What's water gut? <laughs> it's when you drank too much water and eating them beach plums too much. You get the plum gut. Yeah, so plum gut. Um, A boys club formed in the early 20th century. A gut is a narrow coastal body of water. That's it. So A strait. A channel or a strait. It's so just it's the same another thing. name. It just sounds cooler, I guess. The barren gut. Why don't <laughs> yeah. they call it that? The plum straight. They could have called it that <laughs> instead of plum gut. The plum narrow. Plum narrow. Yeah, that's not. I, I get it. Plum gut's better. Yeah, that's right. A boys club formed in the early, early 20th century to provide street boys something to do had its summer camp on Plum Island <laughs> when it was owned by a wealthy industrialist, Abraham Hewitt of Hewitt and Hewitt. <laughs> Hewlett Packard. Hewlett Packard. Um, it's, it's the generic. Honestly, that's the first thing I thought, and then I realized it's not the same word. It's Hewitt. Yeah, Hewitt. Um, so there's a boys club they, for the bad boys had to go there. <laughs> Naughty you street boys. You want to go Plum Island, huh? Yeah. You want to go up at, over I'll the- throw you in Plum Gut right now. <laughs> yeah. You swim over You boys it. can't swim across that gut, I guarantee it. It can happen. So then Plum Island, it was purchased by the U.S. government in the 1890s. Yeah. This is a 1914 court martial took place there when Major Benjamin Kohler was accused of sexually harassing soldiers at the it's camp. Happened forever. <laughs> 1914 been a standard thing for the military. I guess. It's just like what kind of crazy person sexually abuses other guys in the military? It's I not mean, a great probably not, all the time. Not great people to be messing with. Yeah, doesn't seem like they not, all got the guns. You know, he's a major too. And then. And then he came and he started doing some plumbing. <laughs> you know? He got out of that, turned his life around, and now he makes faucets. <laughs> right? The Kohler. Yeah, yeah. Kohler. Benjamin Kohler. Um, so that I happened. know how to shape the faucet <laughs> head real well. You know what this reminds me of? <laughs> make 20 of those. Yeah. Sell them. Make them real hard. <laughs> Uh, that's about the only time I've ever heard something with that last time. I know, me too. In the early 1950s, the Army set up a biological warfare research program on the island in Building 257, but it was quickly disbanded. So that building is kind of notorious, Yeah, Building 257. It sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds really, really like back room, dark. It's always a five in all the mysterious, like... (laughs) It was like a little five, five like a little crazy it. one. Yeah. Um, the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, like Cam talked about, was established there by the United States Department of Agriculture um, in 1954. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit more about this later, but foot and mouth outbreaks in Canadian and Mexican cows prompted the formation of the lab. Do you know what is foot and mouth exactly? It's just a... So uh, it's your feet and it's your mouth. Yeah. 
It's a uh, cocksacky virus. So it's a just what? weird that cocksacky cocksack cocksack virus. <laughs> but it's just weird to me. It's almost like kind of in relation to like smallpox. Stuff oh, like, okay. Not, I mean, not directly, but mm-hmm. similar virus. But I just, I didn't know that, like, that the animals suffered from that. I never knew that. Apparently. That's bad. That's bad news. And I don't really understand where we get it and it goes away, why they have to just butcher all the animals when they get it. I have to look into that. Yeah, something to look into, I suppose. Hand, foot, and hoof. Uh, hand, hoof, and mouth. Yeah, hoof, <laughs> and mouth disease. Wouldn't yeah. that be what it's called? It would, that would make more sense. In 1978, there was an outbreak of foot and mouth disease in the lab that was contained before it reached the mainland. So there's some controversy there. Um, Over 200 animals on the island had to be destroyed due to that outbreak. They used to live outside of the lab in pens, and after that, cells were built to contain the animals. So they used to just be out on the island, you know, in pens, and then they had this issue, and now they're like, nah, we better put them in cells because this is too scary. Then in 2003, the government transferred operations of the Plum Island to the Department of Homeland Security to better protect the facility. So that's where things, you know, if they're transferring something like this to Department of Homeland Security, weird stuff has to be going on there. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. It has to be. And then in 2007, um, they found 539 security system vulnerabilities, 93 of which were classified as high risk. So that's nice, you know, uh, pretty easy to get in there. Super high risk. Yeah. In 2008, an al-Qaeda terrorist was caught in Afghanistan with a list of potential U.S. targets for mass casualty attack, including Plum Island. Which is such a weird one. It's like, boom, Empire State Building. Boom, Statue of Liberty, Plum Island. Plum Island. What's on there? They must know more than we do. Exactly what's on there. That's the thing. Access to the island is restricted to employees only, and it's patrolled 24 hours a day. It is self-sufficient. It has its own fire department, power plant, water treatment plant, and it has its own security forces. So don't think that they don't have all those things because they do, Cameron. Yeah. Uh, This is pretty cool. Animals seen on the island are instantly killed by the military and trained sharpshooters. Yeah, snipers, anything. anything. (laughs) What a sweet job. Oh, my gosh. Can I be a sharpshooter on Plum Island, please? I would like to kill everything. (laughs) I kill everything in my spare time anyways. Bird, boom. Yeah. Dog, burn. Drone, boom. <laughs> drone, gone, boom. <laughs> Stop shooting our drones. They're not going to spread disease. Look like a real bird. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's crazy, huh? That's, what is that? That's insane. Is that an animal? Yeah. Yeah, anything. Know. Tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> Killing him, man. It's gone. There's a fish. Jumped out of the yeah. water. That would be a really cool island to tour. Well, Because yeah. it's just like... <laughs> they actually did end up giving some tours to certain people. Okay, it's not like a regular toured area. No, okay. no, you have to I saw to that get... you... I read some um, articles on people that had toured it. That's yeah. like a, a unique opportunity. It's a very unique opportunity that they had, and they didn't even let them go everywhere. They had a very specific route that they took. They didn't go to Building 257. They wouldn't let them go there. They just boat around it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That paid. No, you're done. <laughs> Plum gut. That's plum Close gut. Close your eyes. Stare at this pen. <laughs> we're, we're in plum gut right now. <laughs> there it is. And snipers, on, uh, yeah, sni- sharpshooters, snipers on alert and ready to prevent the possible transmission of diseases into the island's carefully maintained livestock and vice versa. So they don't want animals getting in. And they don't want animals getting out. So they just shoot everything. <laughs> it's a little bit like If I vernal. toured it, I would have a dove in my backpack. Just to test <laughs> just it. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> Holy crap. It is a little bit like vernal. I yeah. mean, if you're out <laughs> if you're out in the wilderness, something's getting killed. That's true. 
That's true. Like my dad gets, he's like, I gotta go kill something. Like my dad says that about once a week. Yeah, I think all the animals in Bernal are endemic. Like there's oh, no, yeah. Yeah. there's no like interbreeding mm. with other counties. No, they get killed if they leave. They start leaving. Downtown. They get, they get killed. <laughs> They're done. And in 2008, the Department of Homeland Security directed Government Services Administration to sell Plum Island. Oh, that sale is anticipated to occur no sooner than Think 20. Think suspicious crap? We're selling it. <laughs> yeah. That'll uh, break all the It's going to happen no sooner than 2023. <clears throat> okay. So after 2023, it can be sold. Oh, so it is still yes. possibly. There's, huh? there's an online sales listing posted by the GSA that advertises the sale of Plum Island. Huh. The cool thing is, if you buy this place, you get the ferries and all the vehicles. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Look how cool that's like that the be? ultimate freaking oh, survival my area. Gosh. It's like a dream. There's gonna be no animals on there. No. Well, no. Maybe you get the animals. <laughs> they all got hoof and mouth disease, yeah. but <laughs> what do they sound like? <laughs> that you a, get the was that a pig? Montauk monster. Oh, the, we'll oh yeah, about. we're gonna talk about that. In 2016, it was reported that the island drew the attention of developers, including the Trump Organization, with an idea to build a golf course there. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of golf course. Yeah, the Plum Island 18 <laughs> hole. Hand, foot, and mouth course. Yeah, and there's snipers on every hole. That's so... <laughs> That, it would be a pretty cool golf course. Yeah, it definitely would. But anyways, that's it's a bunch of cool, crazy stuff. Black about light it. in building 257. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do some mini golf in there. Oh, sure. Maybe cool. laser tag in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just carcasses of animals that you have to hit it into. Going right in the butthole. <laughs> going right through that cow. That's weird. Going through his hoof and his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and just so you know, I looked it up real quick on hand, foot, and mouth. For animals, is severe and highly contagious viral disease. Mm -hmm. um, does not affect horses, dogs, or cats. Oh, great! So, do they get blasted when they're on the island anyway? There's a cat horse swims over there. <laughs> Boom! A cat, a horse, a swimming cat. <laughs> I'd love to see a cat swim through plum gut. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> There's a cat. They're okay. Get that feline. one. It made it over here. Get that feline. But yeah, um, which makes the monster even more Ooh, interesting because that totally does dogish you know they don't get infected so dogish. who knows yeah but anyway experiments uh as a diagnostic facility pidc scientists study more than 40 foreign animal diseases including foreign the classic what's a foreign animal um like diseases in animals outside of the country oh i thought like animal african swine flu oh, okay classical swine flu classical. it's classical classical swine flu. it's very good this is swine flu um it runs about thirty thousand diagnostic tests tests each year they're busy yep <laughs> biosafety level three agriculture the bsl dash three ag oh my gosh yeah and mm. there's a level three and a level two laboratory there mm -hmm. um the research program includes developing diagnostic tools and biologicals for foot and mouth disease and other diseases of livestock. Hmm. Do they really? I don't know. Uh, because the federal law stipulates that... Stipulates. Um, stipulates. Stipulates. <laughs> we could say stipulates. Yeah, I suppose. you can. That, li that live foot and mouth disease virus cannot be studied on the mainland because <laughs> it's so contagious. That's crazy. Spread. Yeah. So, um, building... I'm going to jump down to building 257. Okay. Located at Fort Terry, yeah. was completed around 1911. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good gun. Sure. <laughs> that's a good design. 
Uh, the original purpose of the building was to store weapons such as mines, and the structure was. Des- Why do you want? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Like mines out on a little island, but you don't want anybody storming up, you know? Yeah, I guess so. And the structure was designated as the combined torpedo storehouse and cable tanks building. What's a what's, what's that? a cable tank? I don't know. <laughs> we I don't. use power from above. <laughs> yeah, cable tanks. Uh, Fort Terry went through a period of activations and deactivations through World War II until the U.S. Army uh, Chemical Corps, that's cool, mm-hmm. took over the facility in 1952 for use in anti-animal biological warfare. What, um, what is that? What is anti-animal? So it's like... Any biologics defense. against the animals, yeah. Defense of Basically wipe out warfare. an economy or yeah. kill people's... That's crazy. Mm. Something I just never really thought about, like, yeah. c- contaminating all of the mainland's animals. That would be, that'd be pretty oh, bad. Oh, it would be a bad deal. The conversion of Fort Terry to uh, the biological warfare facility required the remodeling of Building 257. That A lot of the, like, like conspiracies are evol- like are revolve around 257. Because... Mm-hmm. The weird thing about it is they're like constantly spraying the building. They're constantly spraying chemicals to keep the virus contained within oh, the building. Oh yeah. So I guess if you take a little boat around the gut, mm-hmm. you'll just see them out there spraying her down. Yeah. So weird. Sprinklers um, all just have chemicals in them around the building. Isn't that disturbing. That is super. It's like, disturbing. is that not everybody that works on that island dies of something? Yeah. Weird. Um, building one hundred and one is a. Uh, 164,000 square foot building. So how are they naming these buildings? 257. There's not 257 buildings on the island. I don't understand that either. Is there other labs throughout the country that we don't know about that have just building one? Yeah. Like where's one? But yeah, you go from building 101 Uh and then you have two. I was like, there's no way in between. Like it's just random numbers. It is. Yeah, it is stupid. Um, this the building 101 is situated on Plum Island's northwest plateau on a 10 acre site where it is buttressed hmm. by a steep cliff which leads into the ocean. To the east, the building site is the old Plum Lighthouse. Construction on Plum Island's new laboratory building 101 began in July 1st, 1954, around the same time the Army's anti animal biowarfare facilities at Fort Terry were transferred to the U.S. Department <clears throat> of Agriculture. Um, so, the, yeah, these two buildings are basically just massive laboratories mm. testing um, different foreign threats to yeah. animal life on the mainland. What um, a weird job that would be. Super weird. Um, the uh, Upon its opening, a variety of tests using pathogens and vectors were conducted on the animals in the building. Research on the biological weapons did not cease until the entire program was canceled in 1969. So research on biological weapons, like... Wow. They're testing things supposedly to protect our animals, but are they, you know, yeah. you know that they're probably creating, they're creating the stuff. possible, you know, you want to use weapons on us? Guess what? We'll do we it got the you. Plum Serum 505. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, a modernized program in 77 aimed to update both buildings, 101 and another laboratory building, 257, but the program was canceled in 79 because of construction contract irregularities. Hmm. Don't know what that means. Uh-huh. Um Building 257 was closed and a major expansion known as Building 100, they're going backwards here, was completed on Building 101 in 1995. According to the Department of Homeland Security, <clears throat> Building 257 currently poses no health hazard. Hmm, of course. Of course it doesn't. We <laughs> just know. have to spray it down every 35 <laughs> I minutes. Know, both of them. Both of them get sprayed down. Yeah. Interesting. So weird, man. But yeah, it's just like... 
they they try to be super open about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, look, we got all of our data. Like, you can access all of these studies that mm-hmm. they conducted there. You know, which ones they're letting out. But then they're like, yeah, it's all safe. You know, we just got to spray it. So weird, man. Super weird. Before we get going, though, I got to tell you, we live in, in a mad, mad world. It's in constant change. That's the crazy thing, right? So there's no time like today to prepare for the uncertainties of tomorrow. That's why we're all listening. That's why we're all preppers. And nothing prepares you for what's to come like proper nutrition, whether you're adventuring, exploring, passing down traditions, or simply being smart and keeping your priorities and plans in order. It's all the same. Cam. I'd like to introduce you to Nutrient Survival. Top shelf, delicious, special ops grade nutrition designed to the nutritional standards of the U.S. military, but intended for people like us, made with real ingredients, made in America to keep Americans healthy, strong, and alert. Perfect for today and ready for anything ahead. From hearty, delicious entrees and nutrient-dense snacks to immunity-boosting drinks, strength-building shakes, each with 40 essential nutrients available in handy singles, is what we really love, daily use pantry packs, durable cans, and three to 90 day survival kits. Keeping your world safe and your body in peak condition. It's preparedness through nutrition, Cameron. So, Cam and I have been asked and approached by numerous prepper food companies. A ton. There's so many, I can't even tell you. And they wanted us to partner with them. It just never felt right until now. Yeah. Nutrient survival. This isn't your cheap, like empty calorie, bland food storage that it just doesn't really give you the nutritional value that That's you need. Where, yeah. This you, is where this with stuff, all of them, it's like pasta and salt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even the pastas, like uh, it's yeah. not even real pasta. Yeah. Uh, this stuff actually has that nutritional value. They're on the go packs. They're perfect for bug out bags, for EDC kits, for emergency kits. You just add water and it's ready in minutes and surprisingly awesome tasting. So head over to NutrientSurvival.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. You're going to get 10% off your order. This stuff is... This is one you ate with your kids, right? Your yes. Your kids tried it and everything. It's and that's great. That's the big deal. There are people who actually use this daily. It makes sense. Because it actually has the nutrition. If you look at what this stuff has in it versus any of the other stuff, it doesn't even compare. Yeah. It's not even close. So go check out Nutrient Survival. Go to NutrientSurvival.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. Go try this stuff out. Like, they have all this different I stuff. I like the packet thing. The on-the-go packs Such are perfect. A smart, like, yeah. system. They're, they're smaller packs, and they're kind of long and skinny, and they, they'll slide right into any backpack, and they take up, like, no space. Yeah. And they have seven-year shelf life. That's the thing I hate about, like, yeah. when, in my bug-out bag, I have this massive, like, yeah. you know, steak and eggs yeah, like, but it's huge. But it's huge. It's huge. These things are perfect. They're great for your EDC packs because you can just throw them in any backpack. But go check them out, guys. We're super excited to finally have found the the food storage company that we really wanted to work with. Yeah. And, and these were the guys. This stuff is awesome. Yeah. Nutrient survival. Yeah, check them out. Use our code. I think eliminate your uh, need for uh, multivitamins. Yeah. you're getting it through your diet, which is yeah. s- such a unique like thing. Like this stuff, like I say, it's special ops grade. Yeah. It's like three and a half times or something the amount of nutrients that the military says has to be in their food. They just like, oh, we'll put a whole bunch more than yeah. that in there. It's so cool. It's insane. That's how you do it. That's that how is it's how done. You do Nutrient it. survival. Use our code casual preppers. All right, guys. So we've talked about these a little bit, but I'm going to go back over them real quick. Some outbreaks or some accidents that happened there. So in 1978, an unknown disease was released into animals outside the center. 
The creatures were quickly eradicated, but to this day, no one is entirely certain if any actually made it past the island's borders. Had to. Have. Well, I don't well, know what they I were. Don't know. All their hamsters. Yeah. Maybe they were lemmings. Reports of <laughs> what actually happened have been classified by the intelligence department. Wow. So we don't know. It's all been classified. So something happened in 78. Probably wasn't good. Whatever <laughs> whatever it was. Um, hush, two, hush. Hush, hush. Don't say nothing. Uh, two incidents in 2004 of foot and mouth disease being released into the center became national news. Foot and mouth disease was eradicated in the U.S. as of 1929. The only known cases of the disease can be found in the stalks of Plum Island. <laughs> it's so dangerous. Like It is insane to think that this is what we actually do. In response to this incident, New York Senator Hillary Clinton and Congressman Tim Bishop wrote a letter to the Department of Homeland Security. We urge you to immediately investigate these alarming breaches at the highest levels and to keep us apprised of all developments. So they were kind of freaked out. Oh, Hillary was like, ah, yeah. I don't like this. It's scaring me. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, those are email all my security <laughs> yeah, files. Let me just send, send a quick email. <laughs> I'll get back to you. All right. Um, but anyways those are a few of the things that have happened there and it gets weirder there's no way there's no way to you know like just a few hand like less than a handful of breakouts come on no but it's just like one dude you know in the lab could just rub his hands on his pants and go walk around the cow rub down his crotch Go, I don't know. Uh, who knows Feed his calves. Yeah. <laughs> and then feed you his calves. You get it spread everywhere. <laughs> all I did was feed the calves. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they all got it. Weird. Oh, it's it's the, a mystery. The, the exact thing I work with, they got. And yeah. I am super sterile about everything. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but this is all classified by the way. You can't say a word to nobody. This didn't happen. This did not happen. <laughs> So let's talk about the uh, the weirdest thing to come out of. This is probably one of the more famous things sure. that like kind of made people like, "What the crap's going on in Plum Island?" Mm-hmm. So on July twelfth, two thousand eight, great day. Pitch yourself as Jenna Hewitt. <laughs> Isn't Hewitt another one of the? Oh my gosh, that was the name of the guy. <laughs> what the crap? From before, I never put that together. Uh, and her friends, Rachel Goldberg, and that's a and TV Courtney Fruin. Uh, Hit the beach at Ditch Plains. Ditch Plains? The name's over there. So stupid. (laughs) I know. know. What are we going to call this beach? Ditch Plains. (laughs) There's a ditch on that side of this plane. Terry, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) Come on, Hewitt. Let's figure this out. I own a fort. It's after me. (laughs) We're calling this Ditch Plains. Yep. Um, The hot summer Saturday made for ideal conditions to stroll. But as the group of East Hampton natives continued, they came across a heart-stopping sight. Holy crap. It looked like a sun-baked dog carcass (laughs) with strange bindings around its legs. Sun-baked dog carcass. Um, So you can look this up. This is the Montauk Monster. Yes. And it is super weird looking. Oh my gosh. It's hairless. I gotta it's look like at it on again. its belly. <laughs> I gotta look at it again. I I know know. Every once Mom in a while during the day, I want to look at it. I put it as my my screensaver on my phone for a while. <laughs> but yeah, so it does. It, it looked like a sun baked dog carcass. A little like a. Oh my gosh, it's so weird. But it has There's like other a, angles. It has like a beak looking thing. It just is super strange looking. Anyways, um, look. Yeah, so it didn't seem like the right size to be a dog, and instead of a snout, the creature seemed to have like a beak. Hewitt took a picture of the dead animal, which spread like wildfire across the internet. Um, but the the uh, the monster truly gained steam when Gawker published "Dead Monster Washes Ashore in Montauk." 
Look at blog post it July twenty. Obama bumping fist with the Montauk <laughs> monster. <laughs> freaking people. Oh. The internet is yeah. awesome. So news about the monster and theories quickly spread because it's across the gut. So they're like, Plum wait, th- this freaking animal had mm-hmm. to have come from Plum Island Animal Disease Center. It escaped. It's all diseased and deformed, and then it died. Yeah. But, yeah, it gets even more weird about, like, what happened to the animal after that. Um, the people that, like, saw it, they kind of just, it, it, it became really popular, and then they just, like, didn't want to talk about it. They didn't, like, they were hard to reach. They they disconnected from, like, social media at the time. What? And so, yeah, it was just really strange. Um, it, as an experiment in animals whose existence is disputed, like the Loch Ness Monster, for instance, that's mm-hmm. real, Coleman appeared to be the perfect fit for the job. If only Montauk locals would speak to him. And um, like I said, even with those girls, but people of Montauk didn't really, or that area, they they just wouldn't really give much information about anything. Mm. So I don't know. That was weird. That is weird. It became popular enough that Fox News picked it up, the Huffington Post, of course. Mm. That's like their thing. Yeah. Um, But conspiracy theorists around the globe perked up, and Coleman, he got a little bit uh, more information Coleman, she is, I can't remember, she, she's like a zoologist. They make like. the stoves? Yes. She makes stoves. She's camping a bunch out in Montauk. <laughs> she likes to camp. But by the time she arrived, arrived in New York to inspect the creature, its carcass was nowhere to be found. What? It appeared that somebody had purposely removed it, sending suspicious onlookers. So did they just leave it on the beach? Nobody yeah. picked it up? They didn't like secure it or anything. And <laughs> so... um yeah, and then meanwhile, she tried to reach out to the three women who found the monster allegedly seemed to have vanished from media, like they just disconnected from everything. Mm. Or were they killed? No, they're mm. still alive. But, oh, um, okay. But yeah, they just like, they wouldn't talk about it. They didn't really, they just kind of like, oh, I want, I'm done. It was yeah. a dead dog. That's the end of it. Although the locals who claimed to have seen its decomposed carcass before it vanished said it was no bigger than a cat, and any con- conclusions of its origins in Denny would now have to be theoretical like nobody could really do any testing on yeah. it they couldn't like research its bones or anything of course it, not it just disappeared oh my gosh it's like down by the water and i'm sure the tide came in and took it and nobody thought to just kind of what kind of idiot doesn't like, like put call it in a bag, somebody put it in a garbage bag and yeah like, i don't know take it home or maybe they did and then put it in your else. closet forget about it <laughs> yeah. till later um <laughs> so yeah they the the uh, University's Living Marine uh, Resource Institute kind of figured with the pictures, they're like, it's been in the sea for a while, been floating. Mm-hmm. It looked not really like a rodent, a sheep, or a raccoon, but a lot of people believe it like was it fit more like closely to a raccoon's body mm-hmm. than anything. Um, some are like, it's a turtle. It's a turtle without a shell, but turtles don't have teeth, so they're stupid. <laughs> that was the conclusion, scientific <laughs> conclusion. Um, Turtles also can't do ninja stuff, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> Splinter was found. Yeah, Splinter. But yeah, um, so obviously everybody's suspicion was like super high that, yeah, this definitely came from Plum Island's Animal Disease Center. Yeah. Local cable reporter Nick Layton said he spoke with the three women before they shielded themselves from the media and said that their talk on, the, on July 31st included coy chatter about Plum Island narrative. And that Goldberg showed him an alternate photo of the creature from an entirely new angle. Like up to bum or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Nick Layton. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. This is Nick, Nick Layton. Layton. <laughs> During the investigation, Layton heard rumors of dead of a dead animal that was given a Viking funeral. <laughs> during which it was burned and sent afloat on the sea in flames. It seemed plausible. 
that the honored creature had washed ashore ditch planes burned and disfigured. And like they think some weirdo was like, let's do it. This raccoon, if I keep hearing, started on fire and it just floated back. What? That's a weird. What kind of theory is I that? I don't know. I'm like, okay. Okay. That one was pretty good. Yeah. Um, however, the carcass was never examined and, and it was never tested whether or not it was burned or not. It just kind of looked that way. Um, indeed, the isol- so the uh, Tipalong Island has been home to other alleged paranormal events, such mm-hmm. as the Montauk Project. I don't know about that one. Yeah, no, was we that, the, was, that was a sh- That was the plane that like... Uh, no, that's the... Supposedly know. launched time travel experiments at yes, the Montauk Air Force I Base. Did we talk so. about that one? Sounds so. super interesting, though. So, anyways, there's yeah, been it's, some it's weird the same stuff. stuff. It's the uh, the time travel stuff. Yeah, that's where we mentioned it before. Huh? That must have been. I thought it was yeah. the guy that they heard like a loud boom and like it's almost like he teleported through time, disappeared forever. Boy, these are you all kind of blending together. They're all the same story. Yeah. Um, do, Drew Grant, another reporter, Philadelphia Experiment type stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Drew Grant, there's nothing else to do but accept the fact that the legend of Montauk will never be solved. It's going to be one of those mysteries forever. That's what he said. Thanks, oh, great. Thanks, Drew. Come on. 2020, this is interesting. A reader reached out to the star on Thursday of 2020 <laughs> with photos of what he said might be another Montauk monster. The famously gruesome creature found in Montauk in um, 2008 had, that had become that viral sensation uh, was once again another body that looked just like it was found in 2020. If you look it up, it does. It looks just like it. Yeah. Um, Evan Didyak of Montauk was walking on the beach with his girlfriend, headed west towards the sand and that's where it starts to turn into rock, and they noticed a faint animal rotten smell. He was like, dear, did you fart? <laughs> yeah. Did you wash up, did Good I? gracious, close The your two legs. had been searching for driftwood. I knew that was coming. <laughs> to take home. But around 3 p.m., they found something completely different, a dead, decomposing creature of unknown Searching origin. Searching for drift. So this is two of those weird-looking animals yeah. in the same, on the same beach. Mm. I continued on walking, and the smell worsened, he said in an email. It became very foul and pungent. As I'm looking down, I see this hideous, bloated, dead creature. At first, it blended into the surrounding rocks, and I performed a double take and saw it lying there. Guess what I did? I performed a double take. <laughs> I felt the inclination to check my genitals. Yes. It was all good. Couldn't figure out where that smell was coming all from. All good in the hood. But again, this disappeared. I think I left one part out that was pretty crazy. Like, the, they went back. Um, they went back to find the creature, and some dude had drug it off into the woods, and he was like... <laughs> I can't remember. He'd like wanted to study it more in the woods. I'm like, oh really? What the freak? But I don't think that weirdos over there. I know that is the weirdest place. I guess. Anyways, Montauk Monster. If any of you live there, tell us what it's like. Yeah, let us know about it. But yeah, so two of those monsters popped up in the last, Mm. you know, ten years or so. Sure. So that's weird. So another huge conspiracy coming out of Plum Island is Lyme disease. Yeah. So that was where we had. That's yeah, what I knew it best for. For sure. So in 1975, when a nearby town of Old Lyme, Connecticut, became the epicenter of a strange tick-borne illness. That's right. I illness. forgot the, the town's name. Yeah. Children began to report unusual skin rashes, chronic fatigue, and swollen knees. In 1981... That's the every con- patient, I think. <laughs> I know. Uh, and depression. Um, yeah. In 1981, the condition was named Lyme disease. 
Well, Makes sense. Why not? They're all here in the town. Let's just call it <laughs> vernal disease. Yes, like, you know what I mean? Um, a conspiracy theory spread like a fever that the researchers at Plum Island had engineered a new sickness, one that now afflicts more than 30,000 Americans per year. The reason some believe Lyme disease escaped Plum Island is because the island is located just a few miles off the coast of Lyme, Connecticut, which is where the first outbreak of Lyme was discovered in 1975. While scientists say that so it all, should be plum disease. Yeah. You have plum disease. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> plum disease. While scientists say that all animals on the island are killed to prevent the possible spread of diseases, conspiracy theorists argue that birds regularly fly between the island and the mainland and thus are able to spread any diseases they may, may pick up. I mean, that is a good it's a good point. Yeah. Right? You can't kill every bird. No. There's no way. Nope. Have you ever played um was it pandemic? Not pandemic. What's the little the yeah um, the one on the phone or outbreak whatever or, outbreak or something like outbreak, that? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, the birds. But it's like once you get those, you're like boom. It just yeah, like it takes spreads over. like crazy, right? Freaking drones. They've been carrying that crap I know. forever. An amendment in the House version of the 2020 National Defense Authorization Act instructs the government to investigate. Public records do not show that scientists at Plum Island were conducting research into very similar sort of pathogens as well as delivery via insect. Though not ticks. So they had stuff that they were doing that were similar, but they were trying to deliver them via insects. But it wasn't ticks specifically. So um, Borrelia borgdiferi, I guess that's the... Yeah, that, the bacteria. That's the bacteria. It was in North America long before it was discovered by Bergdorfor. <laughs> Five years ago, it was found in a 5,300-year-old 5, mummy. That's Which, crazy. This, that same bacteria. Isn't that nuts? The <laughs> presence of the bacteria long before its 1975 flare-up is compelling evidence against any sort of plum It didn't island. come from plum. It came from mummies. It was an Egyptian pharaoh <laughs> that gave us the Lyme disease. Says Bergdorfer. Fred Bergdorfer. Thanks, Bergdorfer. So it's actually a pretty interesting theory. There's an entire podcast dedicated to Lyme disease and all these kind of things. It's called Patient Zero. It's pretty interesting. Lyme disease is weird. It is super weird, right? And it's, it's like... It seems like it's really vague and like... Super vague. Right? And like, people like, you know, the guy that had me squeeze his things over in the yeah. natural path office yeah. says that I have it. And then he cracked my back. And I love that. Me. And they'll like bring up some video that shows like little squirmy, like mm -hmm. live... <laughs> bacteria i'm like that's so yeah uh, anyways you can believe what you want you can but anyways yeah but that's lyme disease that's one of the big conspiracies out of plum island yeah that was the one i knew the most mm -hmm. or i'd heard go along with yeah. Old plum yeah old plum. so uh we'd mentioned before too that plum island was a target for the al-qaeda <laughs> al-qaeda <laughs> afia siddiqui siddiq siddiq excuse you Anyways, was convicted <laughs> by <intact>. jury <laughs> in Manhattan in February of an attempted murder yeah. dubbed Lady Al-Qaeda. Ooh, that's a name. That's cool, yeah. They call me Lady Al-Qaeda. I'm Lady Al-Qaeda. <laughs> What's your pleasure? <laughs> what you want me what to destroy? Want? I'm Lady Al-Qaeda. She holds a doctorate in neuroscience from MIT, which is creepy. Oh, that's she's, nice. She's smart. Yeah. Uh, among the duck, among the documents <laughs> in her possession, I wanted to go into a voice... And I pulled back, yeah, and it came job. out anyway. <laughs> good job. In her possession when she was captured in Afghanistan in 2008 were handwritten notes about a mass casualty attack. Listed targets, Wall Street, Brooklyn Bridge, Vernal, Utah, <laughs> Statue of Liberty, 
Empire State Building, and the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. I don't understand these terrorists sometimes. I know. Why would you have a handwritten note with your plans on it? <laughs> like gum wrapper? Yeah. On the flight back to like Afghanistan? Yeah. Like, these are the ones I would blow up. I think up. that I can do this. <laughs> Plum Island is my... <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Yeah, you I know? don't either. Why it's are like, you wow, it good job. You're from MIT, you're a moron. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. You drop it in the bathroom on the plane. You're smart with science. You're stupid with real life situations. I get it. Yeah. Um. Uh. At the center. Okay. Okay. So why would they want to attack a mutant producing lab on Small Island? You know, what is the why not? Why would there be if there's not anything suspicious or, or yeah. crazy going on there? Why would Al Qaeda have this like um Al Qaeda Al Qaeda Al Qaeda Al Qaeda um have this plan to attack it well mm. for example in 2001 mm-hmm. united kingdom had an outbreak of foot and mouth disease great and they killed um over six million cows and sheep were killed in the eventual what? eventually successful attempt to halt the disease six million six million it's a lot of beef i know <laughs> yeah they had beef with those cows <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna hit the button, but I but yeah, so um, the effect it had on the economy was an eight billion dollar loss. That's no good. No. So, when, if you if you have you know if you're real smart from MIT and decide, yeah. hey, I'm gonna attack the United States. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna strike at their economy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna have to produce more stimulus. Screw everybody over forever. Yeah. But yeah, so um, huge impact by you know contaminating all the livestock. This was not the first time that Plum Island Center ha- uh, appeared as an Al-Qaeda target. Al-Qaeda. In 2002, as cited in the book Lab 257, I'm interested to read this book. Yeah, me too. The disturbing story of the government's secret Plum Island germ laboratory. That's a long title. Yeah. Uh, Army. I feel like I read half the book already. <laughs> <laughs> the Army commandos and CIA agents found, uh, uh, what is that, Dozier? How do you say that? Dozier? What? I'm sorry, I'm not Anyways. paying attention. Um, Dossier. Is that what that is? Dossier. What it's, is a dossier? It's like a papers that talks about it dossier. something. Yeah. Containing information on a place in New York called Plum Island Animal Disease Center. So it is always, it, it's forever been kind of a target for uh, terrorists. Yeah. 2003, 2003, the Government Accountability Office, GAO, <laughs> issued a report about terrorism in Plum Island. They're like, hey, this place is susceptible. Yeah. It's bad news. The thing is, like, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of traffic that goes down the gut. Okay, you got a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of that, traffic going down my gut. I yeah, can tell you and that. they're they're so close to you know a state with a massive population. Yeah. So it's a perfect place to uh, strike at and just contaminate the whole freaking place. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the thing is, why would it be so heavily guarded if there wasn't anything kind of suspicious? Yeah, going makes on? sense. Or you know, highly uh, susceptible to like terrorist attacks. So that's where like, that's where like the conspiracy grows. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's just this open area where they're studying and protecting, but it's like, if it's a target and, and thinking of all the different, it's like white house isn't on that list. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, Pentagon's not on there. They're, they're directly 
like saying Plum Island, that's kind of freaky. Because I'm like, what in the crap? Like if there was a Burger King on that list, you'd be like, what's going on in that Burger King? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You would. <laughs> you'd be like, something's going on there. <laughs> yeah. It's like that ain't Main just, Street, New York, ain't just Burger Whoppers. King. Wait a minute. Ain't what's just underneath just Whoppers there? happening over there. There's something else. Yeah. So obviously know? that raises the yeah. awareness of like, there is some suspicious, crazy stuff going on there. Yeah. That's crazy. So man. anyway, Al-Qaeda. interesting. Can't say it's not in Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. So how about bioweapons and Nazi German warfare? That's, so yeah, I found this on a couple of websites. On the first one, it says in World War II, the place served as a campground for eggheads. That's I'm talking about Plum Island. Everyone Uncle Sam thought could streamline the war process and help the U.S. come up with the next super weapon to stop the bloodshed over in the Pacific and Europe was roped into service. A great deal of them dragged into corridors of Plum Island. Here, they would play around with physics, chemistry, and devise doomsday contraptions to drop on the Kraut's head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... There was stuff going on. That's that's what these guys were saying anyways. Um, After the peace treaty that ended that bloody raucous, the fort became a way station for Nazi scientists hungering for a chance at the American dream, a meeting place between officials and Hitler's cronies. In a way, it was one of the staging grounds for Operation Paperclip. And we've talked. I think we've talked. We have. talked about that before. We probably need to do a full episode on that because it's super interesting. Paperclip is, yeah, yeah, a secret program of the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, in which about sixteen hundred German scientists, engineers, and technicians were given asylum in the United States between nineteen forty-five and nineteen fifty-nine. So, in Plum Island, as well as NASA, you could go into a conference room and scream "Heil Hitler" and uh, marvel at how many hands instinctually <laughs> went up. That's right, what they right, said. Right. So then I found another article that talked about this. It's There's just, such an interesting thing with that. Like people, so just on a, a note on that, mm-hmm. like I've been reading, I've been reading about uh, World War II. It's actually focused heavily on the German pilots mm-hmm. and how many people hated. Yeah. Like how many German pilots and, and soldiers couldn't stand Hitler. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. and it's like, we always think everybody was like in love with Hitler. And well, we're just like, think Hitler. about our presidents. Yeah. Half of the country hate right. the president. And so it's like, I'm sure yeah. in these like distant always locations, it's like, yeah, we love Hitler. Yeah. We all want to destroy everything. Exactly. So the God, who knows? No, I don't know. The godfather of the Plum Island laboratory was Nazi bioweapon expert, Eric Traub who was brought to the United States after the Second World War. During World War II, Traub ran a Nazi secret biological warfare laboratory in the Baltic on an island called Reims, or Rhymes, Rhymes with Reims, <laughs> with, a, with a mission to poison cattle in the Soviet Union. Oh, that's a cool mission. Also, Traub had some familiarity with the New York area before. What if we poison the kettle? Wait, is maybe poison the kills? Hell, Hitler. Poison the kettle. Um, that was more Russian. Yeah. Um, was. <laughs> he was also involved in Nazi activities on the long on Long Island. Eric Traub. Guess what they already did? <laughs> they all froze to death. Easy. Try to poison them. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, huh? Uh, the Eric Traub maybe thought he had a smart idea having an animal biological warfare lab like he had in the Baltic and established it on this little island. There was a military base on the island after that for 50 years, obviously. Um, in 93, an investigative reporter for Newsday, John McDonald, was able to obtain documents, including a document which was reprinted on the front page of Newsday, he said. This document said the mission of Plum Island would in fact was, in fact, to develop biological warfare weaponry that would be used to poison cattle and other livestock in the former Soviet Union. 
Interesting. So he was the first journalist to expose U.S. government submission to doing biological warfare in Plum Island in 1971. They should have struck at the potatoes. Yeah. Vodka? No more. Yeah. The, that would luck. destroy Russia. Good luck, Russia. You touch our potatoes. Okay. <laughs> What's that? You touch our potatoes and kill you. Yeah, you'll die. Uh, <laughs> do not enjoy that. The kettle, that's fine. Yeah. The potatoes, no. You'll take our beef, but do not take our vodka. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is a couple other things that I, I found that were kind of interesting about Plum Island. Um, in 1786, Colonel Thomas Gardner, whose family lent his name to nearby Gardner's Island. Apparently there was a Gardner's Island, too. He died of yellow fever. Due to fears about the highly contagious virus, his family brought his body here for burial, meaning Plum Island. His lonely gravestone sits in a clearing off the main road that cuts through the island. So he was the only, he's the only person ever to be buried on Plum Island. I did see that. That's like, pretty crazy. His huh? little headstone. Yeah. So he was not too pleased to have been left alone on the island. His ghost is said to haunt the Plum Island light. Built in 1869. That's the, cool. The Granite Lighthouse was in service till 78 when the Coast Guard replaced it with an automated light beacon. So there's a ghost that haunts. I the, ain't with that. Put an automated light up there. Yeah, I don't want this ghost crap. Freaking gardeners up there. Done with that guy. Piss. Booing and hooing all night long. <laughs> Can't get my lighthouse duties Just done. Just see him walking the beach with the Montauk monster. There he is. <laughs> Taking his getting little dog for monster a for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Eating all the plum beach Creep. beach plums. <laughs> yeah, the beach plums. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. And then the last thing I found was uh, this. I couldn't find anything more on this. I was looking everywhere, but um, Google did not do what I wanted it to do. The Daily News reports that in 2010, a tall white male with extremely long fingers had <laughs> washed up on, on the what? medical testing site's shore. So this guy, he had super long fingers. Washed up on the beach, dead. I already know what it is. What? Do you remember Robocop? Uh, <laughs> His fingers remember. were hanging. Yeah, that's right. That's what happened. He got sprayed. Yeah. A security guard d- discovered the partially decomposed body yesterday. Well, not yesterday, but in 2010. <laughs> in a restricted <laughs> access area. <laughs> and I'm breaking news. <laughs> he found his Breaking yesterday. news. Breaking news. Yeah. Um, long fingernail, man. <laughs> no, his whole fingers were long. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, whole fingers. Well, and then another, I found one other article about Were there it. just three fingers? <laughs> no. Like alien? Was, had all the fingers. <laughs> but he also had brain surgery scars. Jeez. Yeah. So, wow. that gets people... I hadn't heard about that one. That gets people's interest peaked a little bit there. Like, you got long fingers, and he'd been had brain worked on. Hmm. And he's at Plum Island. Plum Island's just over the way. Mm. I doubt it has to do with that. Ah, just a weird nah, guy. Just a weird long fingered gal <laughs> guy with had some. My brain. grandpa talked about long fingered men that lived here. Yeah. Must have washed up. Been in yeah, been around town for a while. <laughs> Probably just went swimming in plum gut, couldn't make her across. <laughs> you know paddling, paddling yeah. with long fingers. Montauk monster nipping at his heels. <laughs> you know? It's a weird place we live yeah, in. Yeah, it's super weird. weird. Just barbecuing and talking. <laughs> it's a weird place. You hear about that long finger man? <laughs> Yeah, have some of this Soviet beef. <laughs> have a little slab. Um, I do have to tell you, though, about Off the Grid Surplus. Yeah. Cam, they, do they have some sales going on right now? Did you find out? They do have some sales What do they got on. on sale? Good stuff? Uh, their pants. Their pants? Um, They're sold out of, like, their flannels. But you, yeah. like, I'd get on there and start looking up, you know, because they, they, they're constantly restocking. Yeah. You want to, they're selling out crazy. They are. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta get that stuff because I'm sad that their flannels are sold out because I was gonna go get me another one because I love. I know their they're flannels. amazing. But I can't I can't say enough about their shorts. Their shorts are for incredible. one thing. I've I, got their denim jeans. Denim jeans are great. They're, I love them. All the pants are great. The pockets and the yeah, breathing man. technology in those is just great. Yeah. Um. I, <laughs> I wish they made shoes and underwear, and I would just deck myself be coming out with those from head to toe. You know, I wish yeah. they made a bra for the wife. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wish they made a hat for the wife. I don't know. The wife. <laughs> <laughs> wish they'd make a wife. That'd be <laughs> a great. wife. Yeah. Um, so, but check out their site. Go to offthegridsurplus.com. You're going to get an extra 15% off with our code CASUALPREPPERS15. So remember, CASUALPREPPERS15. You got to put that in, and you're going to get some good stuff. So, yeah. It, yep. They always have sales, and do. our code sure brings them down to affordable. Mm-hmm. I've, I've bought, I can't tell you how many things. So mm-hmm. it is the best gear for a prepper, I'm telling you. Absolutely. So do you have anything else you want to talk about on this, Cam? Did you want to review... But the, you're done with Plum Island. Oh, yeah, I'm totally done with okay, it. Okay, there was stuff below there. I didn't know if you were going to do any of that. So. Oh, no, that was copied over Okay, um, just in case I couldn't. Like, you know how we, we go. It's oh, like, you yeah. need to subscribe to this website. Yeah, that happens. No, I had some details okay. that I stole But that's that. Plum Island, guys. It's super-duper interesting. Uh, look it up. I didn't cop. Okay, I didn't plagiarize. Okay? This is, it was off the top of my head. Just like some of the articles we read, and I go back to read them, it's like, mm-hmm. pay us a dollar. And I'm like, no, this is Herald Journal from yeah. New England. I'm yeah. not going to ever not gonna read do it. it again. Yeah, no, we do have a attack pack we could talk about today, which is uh, always fun. It is. Good times with the tacky packs. So the first item in the attack pack is the MFT Mag. Cool magazine from a great partner. 556. Five, you know we love that. That is nice. That is Put a good bullets one. in it. Mm-hmm. Then the Pitbull Gen 2 Universal Pistol Mag Carrier. Yep. Put that right. You know, it's funny. I have one of these on the back of my of my VR headset. Not my VR headset. My uh, drone. That's oh. what holds my battery. Is it really? It's my mag. Oh, that works out perfect. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So multiple use. Beautiful. Multiple use. Then we have the Real Tree Survival Fire Starter 12 Pack. I haven't tried this fire starter, so uh, I'm excited to give yeah, her Kobe a go. Yeah, Kobe and I are talking about doing a video of all the fire starters. Mm-hmm. Show you which ones actually burn, mm-hmm. which ones blow. We'll see what happens. Then we got the Breakthrough Clean Bore Guide. Uh, this is so, a bore. Yeah, pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Then we have the three interchangeable man. chamber tips. Point. Uh, to, you got seventeen caliber to four one six. Beautiful. Then we have the Ready Man CIA letter opener. That's cool. Cam this was playing cool. with that earlier. Yeah. It's it's a letter opener, but it looks like a rad knife. Yeah. We just said if there is uh, an X Men apocalypse, mm-hmm. Magneto ain't gonna take this knife from me. Take your that. Take Suck that. on that, Magneto. Then we got the A Zoom 12 Nerdiest gauge joke ever. Snap caps. Uh, so you want to uh, play with your 12 gauge? You don't yeah. want to load it in your house? Mm-hmm. You got some uh, practice loads. Yeah. You can practice your load. <laughs> <laughs> then we got the operator with the mustache sticker. Is that in there? I didn't notice it. They got the Mario. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's a Mario. It's a Mario. Uh, so that's fun. Playing Call of Duty. Use our code, Cash Your Preppers. You're going to get a free bag of EDC gear. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. That's a lot of stuff in there. I know. Good job. Good. I don't know how they do for 50 bucks. Someone's getting ripped off, but it ain't you. Pretty sure. So that's all that matters. They're connected to Plum Island somehow. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you listening. Love you all, and stay survived.